Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello, I am live. I'm going to put something on the screen now. I got it's all it's all changed. This software has all changed, and it's a different interface. So not quite as slick as I usually am, but um, you know I'm a professional and I'll rise above it. Oh, don't tell me I've only got the agendas. Okay. Anyway, Jonathan Stiano here, plastic surgeon uh, extraordinaire. If you've got any questions. Feel free to ask them. I've got some questions which I've put in the description, which I've already been asked, which I'll go through. But if you have any questions that you want to ask me, then please feel free to do so. I'd be very happy to answer your questions. I put my phone on silent because we don't want any um, thing like that distractions. So uh, thank you all for the questions uh, that that people have asked this week, and also thank you so much for allowing me to show photos. I think it's really good. To show photos, I think it means it adds a level of uh, um, uh, interest into it. I mean, it's not essential because I talk the things and it goes on the podcast. So if you're listening to it on the podcast, I guess you can't see the photos, but you can go over to Facebook and see them. But I will describe them anyway, so you don't have to see the photos. But um, oh, we've got a comment from Olivia. Hi, Olivia. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Yeah, ditto. Um, hope you have a nice, safe journey down. Uh, we'll put the kettle on for you, Olivia um right so uh let's get this thing going on by doing by clicking this here quite simply and then quite simply clicking that and then we get this there we go um right uh here we go good morning jj question for tuesday after blepharoplasty can the eye bags grow back question mark it was hereditary eye bags fatty deposits my dad had the same thing um don't know if that's unprofessional having a cup of tea sorry about that if it is um i just fancied a cup of tea um so a lot of people worry about stuff growing back they worry about uh fat i mean blepharoplasty um is basically this upper and lower blepharoplasty so upper blepharoplasty is usually just skin so when you talk about eye bags you're talking about lower blepharoplasty with the bags which is fat uh which um can can create the bags as well as tightening the skin so um when when we remove fat people often worry about it coming back um and as a rule it doesn't come back once you remove fat it's gone forever so if you have a blepharoplasty if you have bags under your eyes then uh, that fat that is removed and uh, that skin that is removed is absolutely gone forever and it will not that fat and that skin will not come back however the thing is stuff happens in life and stuff will continue to happen in life so if you have surgery to rejuvenate your face it will reset you back to a better place and a better time you'll look more refreshed you'll uh, you'll look more youthful um, but it won't stop you from aging from there so you will continue to age so you uh, will get you will potentially 
still age and you'll get, get fatty because the, there'll be still fat left behind so whilst we remove some fat we don't remove all, all of the fat and actually these days we're removing less fat uh, i'm not big on faces um i don't do it myself but um you know, talking principles so we we don't we don't we're moving away from removing fat because removing fat as you age you lose fat and your your uh, your fat atrophies and you get less fat in your face and get to be more a sort of the skeletal appearance of someone who's sort of really empty of fat in their face so now we're actually replacing fat and rejuvenating the face if you look at a child they're actually their face is actually quite full and uh, that's what we're trying to look like really with full cheeks tight skin um so yes yeah, so it, over time that fat can descend again and the skin can stretch again and you might uh, get a recurrence of the problem that would have happened if you hadn't had the surgery but it, you'd, you'd be worse because you would have more fat and more skin there because you hadn't had the surgery so it's still not it's not like it's not worth doing the surgery but the surgery doesn't guarantee you not requiring further surgery in the future um i've got to say it's not a it's not a common thing it doesn't quickly come back so it's not something that recurs quickly it's not like a cancer it's not like something that's sort of growing exponentially fast it's just your body and your tissues age so your skin loses elasticity everything stretches and everything goes south over time um and so that so so it, it's no guarantee you won't need it done again but the actual in answer to the question the the the, the eye bags aren't growing back but you might get a um, a recurrence of the problem due to time and aging. Um, I hope that will look, look, look. I want to, <laughs> I'm trying to be a smarty pants and I've got a separate camera. I could have used the camera on my on my computer, which probably would have been all when I think I'm on turning, but I don't know. I just feel like I've got to use the, everything I've got. Anyway, um, Nikki says, hi, JJ. Hi, Nikki. Nice to see you here this evening. Hope you're well. Olivia says, I've got a question in two parts. We've got a two-part question from Olivia. Are there drains after thigh lift and breast uplift stroke uplift with implants? And I'm already in Birmingham at the Airbnb place. Okay, so probably the second bit's more, the second one's, I guess, more of a statement, Olivia, but I hope the Airbnb place is nice and I hope you're there treating you well. Hope you're having a nice night in Birmingham. Um, so perhaps I'll answer the first part of the question. Uh, or maybe the oh is actually is this the two parts the drain lifts anyway um, drains after thigh lift and breast uplift slash uplift implants general rule Olivia trying to I think you'll find most most of us are trying to move away from drains these days and uh, in breast surgery breast uplift and an uplift with implants personally so this is just me personally I don't use drains I don't use drains for an uplift uh, or an uplift with implants um, thigh lift is different so thigh lift um there is a bit of a dead space uh, similarly with tummy tucks there is a bit of a dead space um so there is i do use drains with a thigh lift so yes i would use drains with a thigh lift um but i wouldn't with a breast lift uh, or a breast lift with implants but as i say we're trying to move away from them these days and uh, using them less and less but a thigh lift i still would uh, but a breast lift i would not um it's comfy. Good to hear, Olivia. Good to hear. Right. So uh, what we got here is we've got a question right here, which goes something like this. I. Um, right. Here's the question. 
I look forward to watching your Facebook chat tomorrow evening on tummy options with gallbladder scarring. My scar, 33 years old, with excess skin above and below navel. I believe a full tummy tuck is necessary, but hopefully without muscle repair due to daily core workouts. They're pretty good. Can't say the same about my skin, though. I'm happy to share pics if you need. And thank you. You've done just that. You shared pics. So the um, I think that the, the uh, nubbins or, or the initial question, if I can look at this, check this. If it, go to a different, go to a different camera. Camera one. We're on camera one now. So that's the look at that. It's not as good as the other one, is it? That one's better. Anyway, um, let's get this. So what is so we've got some photos here. This is the the photo of the abdomen. You know what? Let me get back to. Is that camera one? That one, that one, yeah. Um, so this is the um, patient who uh, clearly has excess uh, abdominal um, skin. And the you might think, why are they talking about gallbladder? You say, what's the problem with a gallbladder? Because when I had my gallbladder out, it was all telescopic or laparoscopic or whatever they call it these days. Um, Laparoscopic, really, not telescopic. They never did call it that. Um, so it's, uh, gallbladder surgery is done with uh, uh, keyhole surgery, laparoscopic surgery these days. But back in the day, um, they, they used to do it they, before keyhole surgery. Uh, they, they was at what's called a cocker's incision. And a cocker's incision, so with a K, um, is uh, a, a, an incision underneath the... Um, rib cage on the right side i know this photo looks like it's on the left side i think it's some weird um anyway it's 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 your gallbladder is here your gallbladder your gallbladder is here so there's a, there's a scar here underneath your rib cage uh cocker's incision and um the problem is when we pull the skin down that scar can interrupt the blood supply that goes to the skin and interrupt wound healing uh, and there's a risk of, of problems with wound healing because of that cocker's incision <clears throat> so you're, you're absolutely right to ask the question can i have a tummy tuck if i've got a gallbladder scar from an open gallbladder operation rather than a laparoscopic gallbladder operation um and it is what we would call a relative contraindication. So it's not an absolute contraindication. So it's not an absolute no, but it's something that we would need to look at and we would need to talk about because it is it does run the risk of wound healing problems. Because if you have a scar there and then you make another scar for your tummy tuck scar, that bit of skin between those two scars might not have enough blood supply and you might get um, wound healing problems and skin loss. Which can be bad news now the good thing about this particular patient is that it is 33 years old and the good thing about most people with um open gallbladder scars is that they the scars are usually old so you can see on this photo here um can i, I thought i saw some way oh yeah oh, wow can i oh no i thought i could logo Sorry, I should have done this before. Add logo. Upload logo. No, we won't get into that. Sorry. Um, I thought I could draw on it. Anyway, you can see that uh, this scar is very mature. 
uh, and this scar is um, uh, is, 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 a, is a lovely scar. It's healed very well, and it's a lovely scar. And, I'm, and by the look of it, it looks like it's soft and, and supple. It's not sort of tethered. So these are all good things. The other good thing is this patient's got a lot of laxity, a lot of loose skin. So it's not going to be really tight pulling it down um, because we wouldn't really want to make it really tight pulling it down because that would increase your risk of um, sorry, my off, wound healing problems. So, um, yeah, so uh this i think it would is a good case it's an old scar the scars heal well it looks soft and supple there's a lot of extra skin so i don't think it'd be really tight pulling it down and i think that uh, we'd have to be careful we'd have to be aware that there's a scar there and uh, we'd have to have a talk about it but i think we could do it no problem but i'd have to say look there's an increased risk because of that scar that's going to interrupt the blood supply that's coming through that scar and there will be a blood supply coming through that scar now do it in the first year there won't be a blood supply coming through the scar so you got a real a really high chance of getting wound healing problems if you do it early but after 33 years there'll there'll be some blood supply coming through that scar which will make the op safer so uh that is um that is important and the other thing i want to point out if i may yeah, this wasn't the question about the tummy tuck uh, but this patient, if you look at this patient here, you can see that there is a lot of excess, which, as I say, makes it easier for us because there'll be more distance between the scar and the skin and, and we don't have to make it really, really tight. It might make, might, you might say, oh, I want to have it really tight because I want to have a really good result. Well, yes, of course you want to have a really good result, but we've got to be mindful of the fact that we don't want to uh, interrupt the blood supply because you're not going to be happy if we have wound healing problems. But this is something we can talk about in the, in the clinic. But this is something I want to point out here, this photo here. So this patient is, is grabbing this uh, this this area here. Now this area here is not so great with a tummy tuck. As you get to the sides, the tummy tuck tends to sort of peter out at the sides. So what you can do is you can do liposuction to help these areas. Um, let's have a look. But if you look at the front view, actually, um, there's a front view. Here's a front view. Oh God, oh my Lord, I'm crazy now. Crazy with the views, guys. So if you look at the front view, there's not a huge amount of excess on the sides uh, in terms of excess fat, but there is excess skin. You can see this patient is pinching. So the excess skin, tummy tuck wouldn't really address this. This would be more of a circumferential tummy tuck um, or a 360 degree lift or whatever you want to call it. That does really get the sides much bigger operation much more risks and complications associated with it but if you want to get that side bit not so good with the tummy tuck uh, and really uh, that, that's something i'll be thinking just looking at those photos i haven't seen this patient in the clinic yet so i uh, have to sort of um make a judgment in per person but just when you say oh i don't like this bit i'd be saying well that's not potentially going to be massively improved with a tummy tuck. The tummy tuck is going to massively improve the front bit. And you might say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm okay with those side bits because I don't want to have a circumferential because that sounds like a nightmare because it is a big op. You, know, you have to be prepared for a big op if you're, if you're going to go down the line of circumferentials. And so it's all about being prepared, realistic expectations of what can be achieved. So yes, we can get those bits, but it means a bigger operation. So I'm loving the photos and I'm thanking you very much. And if you're listening on the podcast, sorry that you can't see the photos, but basically the patient had some lax skin on the side of her hips, uh, as well as lax skin on the uh, on the front of her abdomen. So uh, Lisa's in the house. 
uh, big up for Lisa. Um, hello, I'm looking at breast reduction surgery. I was wondering on the recovery time. Lisa, uh, breast reduction surgery is uh, quite a big op, uh, quite a lot of scarring around the nipple down and off and pretty much always in my, in my hands a, a scar in the fold. Uh, so there's a lot of scars to heal. So you'll have uh, you'll be in hospital overnight. You might just be in hospital overnight. You might be in hospital two nights. So one or two nights in hospital. Average uh, usual, I would say, is one night in hospital. Uh, again, try and avoid using drains. Depends on, I mean, the breast reduction and the breast reduction. So if it's a very large breast reduction, I might use a drain, and that drain might keep you in hospital another night. But I try and avoid using drains for most breast reductions. Um, you go home, uh, as I say, the, the next day or the day after, and then we see you after a week, take all the dressings off. You don't normally need a dressing after the first week, but that first week you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable, obviously, feel tight, feel weird. So I uh, don't need any dressings after the first week, but everything else feel a bit fragile. There might be a little ooze here and there, so it gives some gauze to wear in your bra, but you can wash and shower normally after the first week. Um, encourage you to get up and about move about you don't want to get any clots in your legs you know dvts and stuff like that so we encourage you to potter around the house you're not really going to be going out much you're not going to be doing a huge amount of um shopping and things like that so um first week you you know confined to barracks second week you'll be feeling better you'll be pottering around be out and about um you you might be certainly if you want to do some work from home and stuff like that you'll be doing some work from home um after two weeks then you can start getting into well i normally say two to three weeks to be fair two to three weeks for things like driving so if you're thinking uh, obviously if you have to work and you have to drive to work that two to three weeks for that uh gym if you're doing gym stuff lower body i go wouldn't go crazy with your upper body sorry my wife's just come home so the dog's gone crazy um um so um Two to three weeks, you start getting getting into uh, exercise in, in your lower body, exercise bike, the stepper, um, that, those sorts of things, um, and, and so gently getting back to work, assuming your work's not too strenuous, and then um, four to six weeks for getting into upper body stuff. Um, so gently, probably more six weeks, really. So after about, you know, uh, getting on for a couple of months, six weeks, six to eight weeks for, for lifting, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're doing a job or if you want to go to the gym and do upper body stuff, um, just because you make it swell. <clears throat> if you do it before, then you want those scars to be completely uh, knitted together um, before you start doing anything too strenuous. So that's sort of more for work and things. But in terms of the recovery of the result, the scars will be red and obvious at six weeks. We just start get you starting massaging at six weeks. Things really start to settle about three months. Yeah, three months before they start to settle. And they can take six, nine, 12, 18 months, maybe even for fully settle sensation. Things can feel weird. Uh, scars can look obvious and red and things of shape might not be quite right. So it does take a good few months for everything to properly settle and probably a couple of months before you sort of get back into things in terms of daily activities. Now, often people got children say, so I can't, not lift my children for six weeks so sometimes you have to do things don't you you have to just lift your children and do things like that but um, those are just sort of guidelines as to what ideally you should do but if you've got small children and things um you might have to do the stuff but yeah that's um that's sort of ballpark um paula hi paula long time no see um looking good 
Paula needs to know how much a boob reduction and lift will be. So, um, Paula, a boob reduction and lift. Now, a lift is part of a reduction. So um, be careful, because if you talk to someone who doesn't sort of, uh, sometimes people think, oh, hold on a minute, a breast reduction is this, a breast lift is that, you know, and so start, started giving you a price for sort of some, as if it's two operations, it's not. So boob reduction and lift is a boob reduction. Um, Paula, I don't know the price off the top of my head. There's a thing about price list in a minute, and what it's saying, should I use, use price list on the website? Um, we can, we've probably got your details, have we, Paula? We, we'll email you some details and prices. Uh, if we haven't, I'll Facebook you, because obviously you're on Facebook, because this is on Facebook, so. Um, right, let me make a note of that, Paula. And we'll send you prices yeah so i will send you some information about uh, breast reduction paula be nice to see you i hope all's well uh, and if you want to come and see you anyway just for to see how you're getting on you can just come for a chat anyway whatever because you're a previous patient you don't have to uh, pay for consultations or anything like that so you're welcome to come back to clinic anytime and um, we can have a chat about anything, including breast reductions. Um, right. What's that red stuff? I'll vote Labour. <laughs> That's good, good advertising there. Um, Cor Corinna, vote Labour. Right. Um, I'm having my gallbladder out in February. I'm also, I've am also i also had a tummy tuck. Worried about the scar. Don't worry about the scar, Corinna. This day and age, they do it all with laparoscopes, the, the little tiny little stab incisions. Your scar will be fine, Corinna. They're not going to touch your, your tummy tuck scar, and it should be absolutely fine. Don't worry about it at all. Absolutely fine. Um, Worry ye not. I was talking about open abdomen, uh, open uh, gallbladder operations, which we used to do back in the day. Don't do them anymore like that, uh, Corinna. They're all uh, laparoscopic. Nikki, Ujeji, are you operating on new patients again now? As I remember a while ago, you said you were stepping back. Yes, Nikki, I did say I was stepping back. I did step back, Nikki. I did step back. But I'm, yes, I stepped forward. I'm back. Um, I am operating on new patients again. Yes. <laughs> oh, yep. Um, yeah. The my goal has always been to build a clinic and have um, other surgeons working there, and and we've got three other surgeons uh, at the clinic now as well as me. Um, and the the waiting list was getting too long. Well, we weren't giving a very good service. Um, they were getting really busy. So I have been back. I can't remember when I started again. A few months ago. I said, I look, I'm going to start seeing new patients again um, because we, we it wasn't we weren't the whole point is to give a good service and we weren't giving a good service because we're making people wait too long and we just didn't have the slots. So that was bad, I thought. So, yeah, I'm back um, and I'm doing surgery. Yeah, I'm back. So, yeah, I did stop for a while. And my goal was always to stay with the clinic. I always wanted to build the clinic and I just wanted to build the clinic um, and not get overwhelmed with too much surgery. So it's great. We've got three others now, so I'm trying not to get too overwhelmed and we're trying to sort of share the work. So we all work sort of harmoniously together. So yeah, so Nikki, I'm back on the uh, back on the tools, as they say. 
Khan, come on, girl. Nearly missed us. Come on, get yourself sorted out. Carrie, I would love to have a chat with you. How can I organize this, please? Uh, give us a ring, Carrie. Call me. Call me. Yeah, 01214543680 is my number. <laughs> or email me or Facebook Messenger me. Uh, or, or here we are. We, oh, here we go. Okay, next one. If you could PM me so we can arrange a call, I'd be very grateful. Carrie, you can PM me. I can PM you. Can't you PM me? I think anyone can PM me, can't they? Carrie, P PM me. Yeah. Open house here, Carrie. No secrets here. Just get on the PM. I think you can PM me anyway. I think anyone, anyone, people PM me all the time. Yeah. Get on it. Let's get a call. Let's get it on. Um, Olivia, you should bring your dog into your live chats. No, Olivia. No, I shouldn't. It would be all over the place and it would mess up the office. Um, Lisa would like prices too, please. What for, Lisa? This is a question. If you ask the question about the price list, um, Lisa, PM me, you and Carrie Ann, PM me, and I'll send you prices of whatever you want to know. Um, Nikki, fab news. Can you send me there for prices for a mummy makeover, boob, lift, and TT? Right, Nikki, get in there. Yeah. I'm going to make, right, I've got to make, <laughs> this is what we need. This is it. This is what this is all about. So, Paul, I think, look at this. Right. I suppose we could just go through these. Yes, Nikki, we can do that. Boob lift and tummy tuck. Get in. Right. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Corinna, I'd love to have my BA surgery with you, JJ. I'm off to Prague in two weeks. What's your thoughts on going abroad? Purely because I can't afford the prices over here. Ooh, um, Corinna. Ooh, tricky one, Corinna. Can of the proverbial worms, that. Um, I'll tell you what my thought on going to Prague is. I think there are, I mean, I tend to advise against it. I tend to advise people going a long way for their surgery. And to be honest, that goes both ways. So if someone from Prague wants surgery in Birmingham, I'd say, look, you're better off having it closer to home. Just like if someone in Birmingham wants it in Prague, I'd say, look, you're better off having it close to home, unless there's some reason, you know, some people live in some parts of the world where the health service isn't very good and the standards aren't very good. So you sort of understand it from that point of view. But so I tend to avoid, I tend to tell people to avoid traveling. Traveling's not great. Traveling can uh, have an adverse effect in terms of blood clots, DVTs and, and what have you. Is a, a risk of that is, is uh, airline travel, um, uh, immobility. So just be mindful of that and keep your legs moving. You know, you probably get those stockings, you know, those flight stocks. We call them TED stockings. Uh, and just when you're on the flight, then just keep everything moving. Um, the other issue that I would have, and the other issue I have of people coming a long way to see me, is that um, you worry a bit about uh, if, you know, is follow up and aftercare, because you really ideally want to see a surgeon um, afterwards. Um, first of all, if there's a problem, but, you know, hopefully you'll be fine. You don't have any problems. But secondly, even if there's not a problem, there's always something. There's always the scars a bit rucked up. I just did a money mini tummy tuck this morning. And the scars always a bit rucked up in the middle. And it's always a bit red, a bit firm. There might be things, little bumps here and there. You might be thinking, oh, God, I, you know, I'm not happy about this. Or 
and, and you really need your reassurance of the surgeon. Say, look, yeah, I did it this way because I try to get this bit here, and I've deliberately done that, and you know that's going to settle over time. And if it doesn't, I'll fix it, and don't worry about it. So it's just nice to have a bit of um, reassurance and support. Uh, if you have swelling, is it seroma? Is it a swelling? Is it a hematoma? What's the problem? Is it, you know, am I okay? You, you know, you need a bit of support. And I sometimes see people, I, I'm sure there are lots of people who have it overseas and are fine with it. And I understand why they do it because I understand the price is significantly less. So I totally understand why people do it. But I um, also see people who have had it and then want sort of aftercare here um, because they can't get a hold of the surgeon and they don't want to go back to Prague or wherever it is. I don't know, it may not be Prague, but wherever to have surgery because it's, they've got to pay for flights and accommodation and all that sort of thing um, again. And the thing about cosmetic surgery is it's done as what's called a fixed price package. So when you have cosmetic surgery in this country, it's a fixed price package. So although it seems expensive and it is expensive, it, everything's covered so you're covered if you need surgery again if you need any revisions over a period of time six to 12 months if you've got any lumps bumps if the scar's not right if you have any problems all of the are all of the um outpatient appointments you come back and you see us you know we never discharge anyone you can come back as often as you want so we can keep an eye on you and things these are all included in the price so you can't really so when people have gone abroad say look can i just come to see you for follow-up well no we don't really have a follow-up price we the price is included in the surgery that's why the surgery is more expensive here because it's all included um so i i that's what i, I would be saying number one be just be mindful of the fact that on the flight keep yourself moving and things like that with the terms of dvts and what have you because that is a significant risk um uh, particularly after tummy tuck was it a tummy tuck uh, oh no breast augmentation breast augmentation less other things it's a shorter operation um but still keep everything moving keep your legs moving and number two just maybe ask some questions around aftercare what if you're a problem what if you're not happy or you know breast augmentation implant surgery infections the big one that we worry about and things and you know if you get a problem what do you do where do you go um because you know in terms of the nhs and they often be some good gp and stuff it's limited what the nhs can do for someone who's had a cosmetic procedure you know privately they obviously treat you if you're in um you know septic or you know really ill but if it's just sort of not quite right or you know less of a problem they're sort of limited as they can help you so i would just be aware of that and think that might be why it's cheaper um but good if you do good luck with it um Corinna, good luck with that, and I hope it all goes well, and I hope it all will be fine. I think you know a lot of cosmetic the media tells you all these terrible stories, but the majority of cosmetic surgery is fine. It's got a very low complication rate, and I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. Oh, Carrie Ann's back. Could you contact me? I'd like to speak to you personally. Carrie Ann, just ask me here. Carrie Ann, what do you, what do you need? Um, you, you're welcome to message me, and you're welcome to phone the clinic you're very very welcome to phone the clinic or message me and yes you can pm you there you go olivia vouching for that you can pm me and it is uh, olivia who are you talking about oh the dog it is a crazy dog yes it is nikki so pleased you're operating again <laughs> i think i probably will carry on operating for a while nikki but um yes thank you very much um that's very kind nikki that's very kind thank you Amanda Lou, hiya Gigi, it's been a couple of weeks of a small B cup slightly dropped 
due to two kids. I would like maybe a double D. Is it realistic? I don't want bar or boobs. Just some to put in a bra lol. I don't want bar or boobs. Or bar or boobs. Okay. Um, a small B, I'd like a double D. You know what, Amanda? I struggle with the cup sizes. I've said it. I've said it. I pretty much, I wouldn't say I only do breast, but I do mainly breast. Breast is the majority. I do breast and body. And body basically means tummy tucks, you know, obviously thigh lifts, arm lifts, and what have you. But the majority of the work is breast and, and tummy. Um, I don't do any faces. Um, I don't do any non-surgical. So I do a lot of breasts. I do a lot of breast implants. But I, I still... I always say that everybody, I cannot guarantee the cup size. So B to double D, I would say that's quite a big jump, um, Amanda. So that is quite a big jump. But what I find is better than saying I want to be a double D, because a lot of people don't really know what a double D is. Um, and a double D is different, different cup sizes. The other thing, uh, sorry, different makes. A double D is different for different makes. And sometimes people come back from, uh, having surgery and they've changed the back size. So the back size shouldn't change when you have surgery. So sometimes let's say what you're B now. So if you're a 34B, you could be a 32C. You could wear that bra and it would still fit sort of thing, if that makes sense. So cup size is not a precise science. So what is better than cup size is the sizes. We've got sizes in the clinic. And when you put them in the bra, we've got a sizing bra. You put them in your bra. We know the volume of the sizes. And that gives us an idea of volume, what sort of volume increase you want. 250cc 350cc whatever and that gives us a better idea than saying i want to be a double d because double d is a bit ooh. and also the other thing about double d is it's different on different people they make they measure cup size based on the difference in your back size and your bust so someone who's got a small back size will have a bigger breast and be a double d than someone with a big back size that does that make sense because it's the difference it's a difference in your back size. i don't think that does make sense anyway it's a difference in your back you know an a is one inch b is two inches they measure your bust and then they measure your your back so a, a double d is not the same on everybody so it is a bit of a minefield so i think the best way to do it is the sizes what the sizes which gives an idea about volume and then probably more important than volume to be honest with you because everyone worries about the double d thing don't worry so much about the double d thing i would say worry about the shape the shape is really important. The shape means teardrop or round, or and then the profile, low, medium, high, extra high, how much they stick out. So the shape of the breast that you're going to get, do you want quite a full breast? Because if you want to go from a B to a double D, that's probably just without sort of, without knowing you or knowing the size of the shape of your frame, that's probably going to be quite a big round implant, just is my gut feeling. And that's going to be quite a full look, which you might be happy with. But if you're not happy with this, you know, I want a nice natural result, I don't want it too full, well then maybe you might have to, you know, give up on your dreams of a double D sort of thing. But um, the shape is really important. Oh, I don't want bar, oh, is that Barbie? Okay, Barbie. <laughs> right, so that's the thing. See, we often get this, I don't want Barbie, uh, Barbie being quite full, is it? Is Barbie full? I don't know what Barbie. Um, I don't want Barbie, but I want to be a double D. And sometimes you have the conversation, say, look, if you want a double or if you want that volume, you're going to have to be quite full. So if you don't want that volume, fine. If you want a softer look, more natural look, fine. But it's going to be smaller because it's got to fit your frame. So sometimes you have to have a compromise. I'm not saying whether you'd have that compromise, 
but you might have that compromise going from B to double D just on the face of it would probably need quite a big implant because we're limited by the width. So once you're limited by the width, the implant has to come out this way and that gives the more Barbie look. I think it's the Barbie, you know, the fuller, fuller look. So if you don't want that, then maybe it would have to be a D or, you know, or something like that. But, but that's a good question, Amanda. And that's what it's all about. You know, that's what it is all about. It's all about getting the right implant choice. And again, like I said earlier, it's expectations, managing expectations. So you've got the right expectations. I don't want you going in saying I'm going to be a double D and then I don't want to be Barbie. So we put a sort of nice, soft, low profile or moderate profile or something like that implant in because you said you don't want to be Barbie. And then it's not a double D. And you're like, you're already unhappy because it's like a C or a D. And you're like, I'm really happy with that. You said you, you know, or similarly, I don't want to make you double D because you said you want to be double D and then give you these big round ones which look like Barbie. Does Barbie look like that? I don't know, but I'm assuming Barbie's the full look because then you're not going to be happy. So we've got to make you happy. So what do you want? You want to be the, you want the volume or do you want the, 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 um, the shape? And, uh, and the other thing I would say is if you're deciding between volume and shape and often it gets to that, you're better off going with shape. Get the shape you want. If you don't want Barbie, if you don't want it full, have it looking good and not full and have it looking nice. And if you're going to compromise anywhere, compromise on volume. It might mean you won't be able to make the double D, but it's better to do that than to go all out to get your double Ds and then not be happy with the shape. You're better off being happy with the volume, sorry, happy with the shape and unhappy with the volume than happy with the volume but unhappy with the shape. Because if you're unhappy with the shape, you're unhappy. If you're unhappy with the volume, you're just like, oh, you're not, not, not really properly unhappy. You're just like, oh, I'd like to have been a bit, bit bigger. So it's, it's more likely to be really unhappy if the shape is wrong. Anyone stay with that? Did anyone keep that? Did anyone uh, follow that? Anyway, you got me off on one there, Amanda. I was off on one. I was on, 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 on a flow there. She means Barbie. Yeah. Corinna, thank you so much. Your advice was helpful. You are very, very welcome, Corinna. What did I give it? Oh, about Prague. Yeah, but good luck with that. Good luck with that. Amanda, thank you. You're welcome. What causes infection in boob implants or is it just random bad luck? You know what, Olivia? Anytime you cut the skin, you can get an infection. Anytime you do surgery on anyone, you can get an infection. It's a risk. It's a real problem anytime that you're using implants. Boob implants, heart implants, knee implants, eye implants, any way you're putting an implant in the body, we worry about infection because you have to remove the implant if the uh, if the implant gets infected. Um, and so it comes from the fact that you're cutting the skin and there are bugs everywhere. Um, so it is a risk anytime you cut the skin and it will come from the wound most likely. Um, so if you do have an infection, it will start in the wound most, most likely. Um, you can get a bloodborne infection rarely. So you have an infection elsewhere in your body and it goes in the blood and lands on the implant. That's, that's much rarer. The most common uh, source would be coming from the wound. So if you have any redness or uh, problems around the wound, we treat it aggressively if you've got implants in. Um, so, yeah, so that's where it comes from. I wouldn't say it's sort of random bad luck, but it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's something that we're very careful about and we treat very aggressively if we see any signs of it um lisa would you put a uhp profile in a person with a 38 back specifically so yeah 
Yeah. So UHP, a, um, ultra high profile. Um, yeah, I mean, the 38 back, I mean, basically, you have to choose a pro the back doesn't, um, the back sort of doesn't matter. Obviously, it matters into the back, or at least the size of your frame matters in terms of the width of the implant that we use. But if you want an ultra high, high profile, like when I show photos of people, I show photos of people with a low, moderate, high and extra high profile or ultra high profile. Um, it doesn't matter what their back size is and it doesn't matter what size of their implant was. You can tell by looking at them what sort of an effect an ultra high profile gives regardless of back size. But the smaller person will have a narrower implant than the, than the, big, than the bigger person. So you, so the backs, the width is irrelevant. What is relevant is the size of the breast before you start. So it depends on how much breast tissue and the shape of your breast before you start, because you've got to add that to the implant. But the actual back size is fine. It's fine to have a, a, an ultra-high-profile implant. It's just um, the wider the, the, the chest, the bigger the implant will be to create the same effect, which is why, again, I say don't worry about much, much about volume because, you know, it's someone says I've got 200cc implants in it and I look great and my friend looks great. Can I have the 200ccs? If your friend is very narrow, 200ccs might be an ultra-high-profile. But if you're very wide, all the CCs will be a low profile, which will be a totally different look. So the width doesn't matter so much as the profile. The profile is more important than the width. Does that make sense? So yeah, ultra high profile on a 38 back, absolutely fine. But an ultra high profile is a fuller, rounder look. Uh, but particularly if you've got some breast tissue, your own breast tissue can sort of soften that rounder look and make it look quite natural which is paradoxically a bit of a problem if someone wants to look fake, um, because if you've got some breast tissue and you want to look fake, it can actually be quite hard because your breast tissue will be on top of the implant and, and sort of soften it. If you've got nothing and you use a big round implant, you'll have big round looking breasts. But if you've got some breast tissue, it can actually be more difficult. But there you go, I'm answering a different question there. But yeah, Lisa, a short answer, I guess, is yes, we can do that. Jackie Crimes, how are you doing? Uh, I had upper and lower breath end of June. Healed really well. Um, how long before it's completely settled? Still a bit sensitive to bright sunlight. Also, would I need the surgery again in 10 years or so? I'm 56 now. Well, Jackie, you look great for 56. Absolutely great. Rocking it. Um, how long before it's completely settled? So I normally say in terms of scarring, to be honest with you, um, Jackie, anything, doesn't really matter what it is, um, things start to settle around three months. So would you say June, July, August, September? Okay, well, the past three months now. Start to settle. Um, and they really, so that's in terms of the scarring and things like that. The scarring will start to settle around three months. And they take about six, 12, or even 18 months for things to really properly settle. So you're well in, you're June, July, August, September, October, November. So you're like five months in, probably nearly six months in. So you're doing well. So you've, six months in is good, but it can take, you know, 12, it might take another six months for things to really properly settle in terms of the sensitivity. Um, and I don't know what else is a, is a problem. Maybe you've got a little bump at the end of the scar or something like that. Those sorts of things can take uh, probably around a year for it to really properly settle, I would say. But I think you should be on your way, Jackie, at six months. Things should be starting to settle now. Um, and maybe another six months for things to sort of properly settle down. And would I need the surgery in 10 years or so? I hope not, Jackie. I wouldn't have thought so. But, you know, who knows? Maybe. Um, but uh, as I say, it doesn't protect you from things happening in the future but it does reset you to a better place and you might be happy just carrying on like that. And, you know, no one needs to have the surgery again, but 
if you need something again in the future because you can't guarantee it won't because your body will age your face will age it will look weird if one part didn't age and the rest did um so maybe but just think positively renita rosas says hello clappy no that's a wave wavy group hi renita good to see you here oh olivia's welcoming you too right we've got some questions that i was in the middle of which that, is, that was good wasn't it good bit of um where are we up to we on the we did the gallbladder one didn't we right let's do this one i would like to know if you have paying plans for tummy tuck oh god if you have playing plans for tummy tuck i have three children and i have uh oh, can i just move that sorry oh, i'll do i'll move the thing oh god just use the static one all right is it a bit far away zoom in. anyway i have three children and i have two hernias one in my belly the other upside my belly my muscles need to be repaired i also have sagging skin and fat under my belly i would like to know the price for this please and also i want to know if i can pay monthly the operation like some sort of plan i'd like to do this operation as soon as possible okay well um hmm. the main thing i wanted to talk about in this one was the, the hernias rather than the payment plans so yeah they do 0% finance i think uh the both hospitals uh, that we work in do 0% finance so yeah you can have 0% finance for 12 months so that's also the payment plan thing is it i think that's, that's a payment plan the main thing was the the, the, the hernias uh, one in my belly the other upside my belly if you have small hernias and sometimes incidentally during the surgery you find small hernias that uh they're, they're re relatively easy to fix hernia is just a small defect in the abdominal wall um sometimes you have that bulge in your upper abdomen which is divarification of your erectile muscles oh, oh i meant to say something earlier about that anyway um uh, and and um which isn't really a hernia that's just a separation of the muscles which you bring together but if you have an actual abs, actual hernia often around the belly button you have little hernias little defects in the abdominal wall they're usually pretty easy to fix just by suturing them back up, suturing them all together. If you've got a big hernia, if you've got a big defect, then you might need more. You might need a, you might not be able to stitch it. You might need to use a mesh or something to reinforce it. So if they're just small hernias, it should be fine. But if it's a big hernia, then we might need to get into something a bit bigger. So that's something we'd have to consider. That's, I think that's the reason I wanted to ask this question more than the, the payment plan thing, but we do do payment plans. And just that's reminded me about um, Kay's question earlier about the um, uh, muscles were good condition because works out a lot, so won't need muscle repair. Muscle repair is not really muscle repair. Muscle repair is the six pack muscles splaying apart. It's called divarification of the recti. The recti is the six, mus six pack muscles, the rectus abdominis. There's two of them, one rectus abdominis on either side. So the plural of rectus is recti. Um, and, and they can splay apart when you've had children or when you've had, had extra weight, they push them apart. Now, it doesn't matter how much you work out, it doesn't matter how strong you make your six pack muscles. If they're apart, they're not gonna come back together by exercise. So uh, if you have a sort of bulge when you lift your head up, usually above your belly button, that doesn't get better with exercise. The muscles will get stronger, so by all means do exercise. But if you have a diverification of your recti, then you need to bring them back with a, uh, by suturing them together. So it's not, it's not a question of how sort of fit you are or whatever. It's just a question of whether those muscles have been splayed apart. Um, next. 
Look at that. Are seromas linked to traveling home from surgery? Oh, what's happened? Has something happened? Oh, no, nothing happened. All right, okay. Fair enough. It's all right, fine. <laughs> Ask it, is anyone there? I can't even tell if anyone's there, you know. Is there any way I can tell if anyone's there? It doesn't matter. I'm here, I'm gonna crack on. Anyway, people will watch the replay, even if no one's here. Um, so, uh, are seromas linked to traveling home from surgery? I've noticed ladies who have tummy tucks abroad often have seroma. So um, probably, yeah, uh, because the um, it's just movement. It's just traveling and movement. And having said that uh, it's good to move after tummy tuck because you don't get a DVT. Um, you don't want to do, you don't want to overdo it. So you just, I'm just talking about keeping your legs, DVTs occur on your legs. So just keeping your legs moving, keeping your, keep your ankles moving um keeping your knees and your hips moving um but you don't want to if you if you're traveling you know and you, you, you you're overdoing it you're going to make it swell more and swelling more could just be swelling in the tissues or it could be seroma and the problem with seroma once it comes once that sort of space fills with fluid there's always a space there so it can be a bit tedious that you have to keep on draining them so they can be a bit annoying so it's better to so you often have a binder or some kind of um support garment on after a tummy tuck so it's good to work with the support government but yes if you are overdoing it and that means if you're traveling home from abroad or if you go back to work too soon or trying to get back into things too soon you're increasing your risk of seroma um, and swelling and wound healing problems so it's good to try and keep it uh, take it easy if you can um, next oh have I got oh, I think I've... Oh, sorry, Sandra. I'll ask you a question in a minute. I've got got one, got one here. Got one on board. My breast T scar, where the cut meets, was a really long time healing from infection, and now looks wide and ugly. Is it perhaps possible to have a vision on this? Yes, it is. It's often a problem that T scar, which is what what they're talking about, is the scar where that downward scar meets that uh, where the, the vertical scar meets the horizontal scar. So where those two scar meets, it can be a problem uh of the wound healing can be an issue and if you're going to get wound healing problems after a breast reduction or a, or a mastopexy that's where you're going to get it because that's the tightest point and sometimes it doesn't it takes a long time to heal and uh and it leads to the thickened scar having said that the scar usually settles pretty well and also the breast sort of falls onto the scar so it's hidden underneath so you don't usually need to revise them although early on people often think they need to be revised i don't know how long this is but i wait at least a year and as long as you can uh, obviously stick close with your surgeon because they'll know what's what but they will be best placed to say about the settling but in my experience um, these scars sometimes you get some delayed wound healing uh, but they very rarely need to be revised you can revise them but the problem with the revising them you make it tight again and there's a risk that it can break down again and usually they fade pretty well but it can take a year or so for them to properly fade so the answer is yes you can revise them but often they don't need to be revised try and be patient especially seriously if you've had infection and healing problems you know you don't really want to have another go through another surgery but um but yeah it can be done and answer the question but with all these things stick close to your surgeon um and i'm sure they'll look after you uh oh blimey i'm getting i'm getting out of control here jackie says thank you thank you for asking the question jackie Sandra says, "How much is to have a tummy tuck, and how? God, Sandra, I need, I need, um, I need um, 
a price list and he's got all these price questions i don't know how much a tummy tuck is sandra but i'm going to make a note here and i'm going to ask my people to message you somehow and give you a price um i don't know it's i did well i don't want to get it wrong it's more than five thousand and less than ten thousand is that helpful um but yeah i don't know exact price we'll send you details of the prices and things um and how long is the recovery the recovery a tummy touch quite a big op sandra you bent double when you first have it done you're in hospital for two days i do use drains for tummy tucks so you have a drain in in hospital for two days average sometimes three you come back after a week take all your dressings off then after that you don't need any dressings but when you come back after a week, you still bent double and you still bent over after that week um second week you'll be feeling better start to walk a bit straighter a bit like what was i talking earlier was it a breast reduction i can't remember what it was but um so again two or three weeks before driving um so you might be okay at two three to be safe so if you go to go to work and things i would say three weeks um before you're driving and you start to start and get back into things but even then you're going to feel uncomfortable you can feel it's going to feel tight it's going to feel swollen it's going to you know not feel quite right um, we normally see off about six weeks, get your massaging the scar. The scar is quite red and obvious. There'll still be some swelling then. Uh, and again, like with all things, it starts to settle about three months. It's a long time, three months. Feel numbness, skin feels numb, looks weird. There might be a little bumps at the end called dog ears, might be swelling. You know, things start to settle about three months and can take six or 12 months or even longer for them to really properly settle. Sometimes scars are still red at eight, nine, 10 months, you know, and they take... 18 months to really properly settle so it can be a long haul uh, it can be a year or more for everything to properly settle but uh, first couple of months is sort of like the, the main healing and then then just all the scars settling and everything so thanks for that olivia's here which is good to know nice nice one olivia uh renita's doing some emoji is that us waving again i think uh nikki Nikki, me again. So I have that stasis of the muscle of 6.7 centimeters. Look at that. Flipping it. Go you. MRI calculated. I'm not that clever. I'm like a hernia repaired with mesh. Now I have a detached stalk from stitches too tight. Would the mesh cause a problem for a tummy tuck with MR? I don't know what that is. Muscle repair. No, uh, Nikki. But the, so um, that's a wide diastasis that Nikki. Um, the thing that worries me nikki about you is your so you've had an umbilical hernia repair so you're saying that the the, the the detached stalk so the stalk your umbilical stalk has been detached so if i'm hearing that right that's what we call floating the umbilicus and sometimes you do it with a mini tummy tuck um, you float the umbilicus you cut you you transect the stalk where it's attached to the abdominal wall so that is a problem if you're having a full tummy tuck because you can't now cut around the belly button because if it's been transected at the stalk it will die so you'd have to have a new belly button made if you have a full tummy tuck that belly button will likely die um so you probably need a new belly button made uh what was your question would the mesh cause a problem for a tummy tuck with muscle repair no not really no we just we just um repair the diastasis and the mesh would be there and the mesh would just if the mesh is in the around the umbilicus the mesh would just um, fold on itself no the mesh will be fine nikki but the floating of the umbilicus if i've understood it right if they floated that umbilicus then that is a problem but uh, but uh, as i say if, if forewarned is forearmed so it just means that we'd have to make a new one when we did the tummy tuck which would you know be fine but it would you'd have to be again be aware of that 
Ranita Razas. I'm scheduled for a TT, MR and lipo in February. What are your thoughts about patients who use CBD for healing? CBD. Mm. What's that? Cognitive behavioral disorder? CBD. Um, Renita, can you sort of expand on CBD? CBD. Cannabis. BD. I don't know. Sorry, Renita. I don't know. I haven't got much thoughts on what about CBD for healing. Positive. If it's positive mindset, I think it's good. Um, can I come back to that, Renita? I don't know what CBD is. Cannabis. Right. Oh, it is cannabis, is it? Right. <laughs> I haven't got any thoughts about it, Renita. Sorry, I'm out of my depth now if you're talking about cannabis. Um, CBD oil. Right. Sorry, Renita. I don't know. What, what is it? You, would you put it on the scar? Would you do cannabis on this? Wow. Um, don't know, Renita. Um, if you, well, number one, check with your surgeon, right? Don't listen to me because, you know, your surgeon might have a view on it. My view on it is um, I, I'd look into it, I, I, how you do it. If it's just something topical on the oil, on the on the wound or you want to make sure that it's not something that's going to make increase the risk of bleeding and things, some um, herbal remedies and things can increase the risk of bleeding and, and things like that. So people will worry about that. Um, I'm not aware of cannabis having it being a problem. And the main thing for me is a lot of things don't have much evidence for them in terms of they haven't taken 100 patients and randomly given, you know, 50 of them treatment and 50 of them no treatment and analysed the results. So a lot of these things have not got evidence base behind them. But as long as they're not doing harm and if you think that it's good and if you know people have used it in whichever way you would use it, uh, who have told you that it's good, as long as it doesn't do any harm, I would say give it a go as long as it's legal is it legal i don't want to be telling you to do something illegal um but uh, sorry renita i don't have an experience of this but uh, in general terms if you think it's good and often i think the mind's a powerful thing and even if you think it's good i think that's going to have a significant beneficial effect if you feel that you've taken control of your of your aftercare and your healing and you're doing something active to encourage your healing i think that will make it heal better whether or not the stuff is making it heal better um which i think is is good oh here we go topical and for the scar well yeah i think massaging the scar is good to be honest with you i don't think it matters that much what you use there's a lot of people who will tell you this that vitamin e aloe vera cbd maybe you know silicone all sorts of stuff but i think for me it's more the massage than the actual stuff that you use and so yeah Oh, there you go. It's legal, but it doesn't have THC. Renita, can you stop with the TLAs? Give it a rest for the TLAs, girl. What's THC? Oh, it doesn't have THC. The hospital consent, is it? What's THC? Anyway, it hasn't got THC, but anyway, without THC, I think it might still be useful, yeah. Um, so, yeah, go for it. Go for it, Renita. Let us know how you get on. Maybe we should be recommending that to everybody. But uh, oh, here we go. Nicole's in. Nicole's in. Uh, hi. Late to the party. Sorry, sorry. It has been asked. Can I request an FDLTT or would it be down to the surgeon? I don't have a pouch, but I have read some say it gives a nicer shape. What do you think? Can it also remove stretch marks from above the belly button? Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, Nicole, yeah, you can you can request 
yeah, you can request anything you want, really. Um, as not to, to a degree. I mean, I think you've got to you've got to work with the surgeon on it, but I think it's fine to have a view on it. Definitely, I think more and more people are coming to clinic with a view on stuff, which is good. Um, so I think you, you're absolutely fine. And it's about the pros and cons. Now, the problem with an, F, uh, an FDL FDL for those uh, listeners, that's a TLA. I do know what it means. Uh, that's a fleur de So fleur de abdominoplasty gives you an inverted T-shaped scar. So it's a scar straight down the middle as well as one, um, the normal abdominoplasty scar. So it does remove uh, a, a, um, a skin in a sort of lateral direction as well as in up and down direction. So it does narrow the waist. That's the good thing about fleur de -lis. The bad thing about fleur de is that scar is quite obvious up the middle. Um, sort of goes through the belly button. Now it will remove some uh, stretch marks above the belly button because it does take some skin out from above the belly button, just centrally, not to the sides, but it will remove some skin centrally. Um, but the problem is the scar. That's the problem with me. For me, Nicole, the scar. You say, "Oh, I, you know, don't like the look of my abdomen," and then you give them a big scar so that if you know you have, you know, you wear a bikini or anything, you've got this big scar down there. So, I think it is a balance. It does, yes, narrow the waist. It does take more skin out. So that's a big problem. That's number one problem. Number two problem is the healing. Anytime you have a T junction. The healing is worse. Same with the breast. You know, we talked earlier about breast. Well, you weren't here, but we were doing that tip breast healing, uh, the T junction. So if you have healing at the T, if you have a T junction, there's a risk of, uh, of delayed wound healing, uh, and also there's a scar which sort of goes around the belly button, sort of, sort of goes through the belly button. So that can cause uh, problems with healing. So there's an increased risk of healing, and as a, probably the big thing for me is that scar. Um, I don't think it's particularly nice having that scar. Um, but it's a balance. If you have a lot of laxity in a side-to-side -side direction, it might be worthwhile. Um, it will remove some stretch marks. I wouldn't make that a reason to do it because it won't remove a huge amount of stretch marks above the belly button, but it will remove some. But something we can definitely discuss, and I think is absolutely fine for you to have a view on it. Um, so, oh, here we go. Renita's USA military. Right, well, you want to be careful with your CBD then, Renita. I don't know. They took a dim view of that, will they? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, 0800 hours, yeah, right, okay, so yes, sir, right, okay, right, no, it's all right, Renita, they're always putting these abbreviations on, on here, trying to make me, trying to catch me out, not that difficult to catch me out with your abbreviations, always making up new ones, I don't know, can't keep track, oh no, oh right, that's wrong, isn't it, that's the first, that's the first question, I'm well aware of that, I'm well aware of that, so that's the question we want now, team. This is what we're up to. Oh, uh, Nicole says, thank you very much. Thank you, Nicole, for asking the question. And yeah, good luck with that. I hope they will um, respect your views. And if you want a um, fleur de lis, yeah, why not? Well, you know, off the discussion. So what we got here now, uh, can, I'd like to have an arm lift and thigh lift together, but ladies in my support group are saying recovery will be hard. What's your opinion on this, please? My opinion on this is that I agree with the ladies in your support group. Um, I think that would be hard. Come on, both legs, both arms. It's just, just your abdomen, <laughs> just your trunk and your head. It's okay. I think it'd be hard. Um, I mean, you know, people say, can it be done? Well, yeah, it can be done, but, you know, I wouldn't. I think it's too much arms and legs, um, not only in terms of recovery, but also lots of wounds to heal. They're both, you know, big, well, big scars, risk of wound healing problems, tight, weird sensations and what have you. 
I, th I think it's too much personally. Um, as I say, it can be done. Uh, so if there's some reason why you had to have it done in one go, I, you know, you could. But usually you'd go with a sort of, if you're going to combine procedures, you go something like arm lift and breast lift or some kind of breast surgery or uh, tummy tuck and thigh lift. You know, that, that, that would, those would be big, but at least they're uh, located in one area. I think to do arms and legs for me, I think is too much. So I'm, I'm with the people in your support group. But again, at the end of the day, it's your body and something you can discuss with your surgeon. It's perfectly reasonable to come with your own views on it. But uh, I would be cautious about that. And I wouldn't particularly be recommending it, I don't think. Um, what's going on? Nicole's back. Does using glue make any difference to FDL he hearing? Oh, hold on a minute. Does using what? Wait a minute, Renita. I can't hear. I suppose my sound is off or not working. Renita, don't tell me the sound's not working at this late stage. Mic number one, mic number one. Hello, hello, 212. Is the sound must be work? Can't, it can't not be working. I've been here, been here for hours. Mic number one, come in, mic number one. Is the sound working? I don't even know how to check. Oh, Olivia can hear. Okay, well, Olivia can hear. Is your sound off, Renita? Sounds working, Michael. Right, these people, right, thank you. Right, so some people can hear. Is your sound off? Sound off. Renita. Where did that go? <laughs> a message, where did it go? Oh yeah, there it is. Woo. Anyway, sorry Renita. Um, now you tell me that it's all that CBD stuff. Did you not hear any of that? Right. Oh, Samantha's here. Right. So, right, I think, that's, well, sound is sort of working then. Um, what was What was I saying? Oh yeah, Nicole. Does using glue make any difference to FDL healing? Um, no. Glue is, well, it depends on where you use a glue. So glue can be used in different areas. One of the common places people use glue is in the, um, to close down the space to avoid the need for drains. They, they spray glue in the in the space. So to, to, to close down that space to prevent seromas and, and what have you. So um, that's not gonna affect healing. That's just to close down the space. Um, and that's really instead of drains, people use glue instead of drains. Done a blog post about that. Google it. Drains or glue. Styano. You probably have to put styano because if you put drains or glue, you probably wouldn't get me. But anyway, um, but that. But sometimes people use glue on the skin. So you might be talking about that once you finish the skin closure, you can use glue on the skin. And I had a patient going back a bit now. Um, it was breast reduction, and she was allergic to all dressings. So I couldn't use any dressings. So I just closed the wound and I just put glue on with no dressings. Um, and it was really good um, and it was great. Um, so you can use glue to sort of seal the wound if you're not going to use dressing. Um, but it wouldn't, uh, what was the question again? Does it make any difference to healing? It won't make any difference to the healing, but it might mean you wouldn't need dressings. Um, but I think dressings are good to keep it covered for a bit, but you don't have to, you know, that's an option if it's sort of glue on the skin to sort of seal the skin. Um, but, I, but I don't think it would really improve the healing. I think it'd be hard pushed to prove that it improves the healing, or at least I don't think anyone's proven that it's, it improves the healing. Otherwise, we'd all be doing it. 
but um, it does help in terms of sealing the wound and not using dressings. So yeah, but I don't think it makes the healing necessarily better. Blimey, loads of loads of questions, loads of comments on the hearing. I should do that every week, making out I'm not hearing. Look at that, flipping heck. I can hear now, it could have been my issue. Right, nice one, Renita. Right, you can hear it, right, good. So Renita's back, you've been on the CBD oil and you're back. So what are we doing now? You've got a question. Where are we up to? We've done the arm and thigh, haven't we? We've done that. Wouldn't do it. Here we go. This is a question. After seeing your Q&A shared in a group weekly, I'm interested weekly. I'm interested in a consultation. Do you have a price list, please? Yes, we do have a price list. Um, you know, it's a controversial. I should do a um I should do a um like a focus group about whether we should put our prices on the on the website or not. We don't we don't put our prices on the website. I don't think. Pretty sure we don't. Um, but you can request a price, and then we'll send you details. The reason I've I guess it's me. Yeah, I suppose it is me that's made that decision. Is that I want to give you some more details, and I think that if someone is purely looking at price, we're probably maybe definitely not the cheapest we don't really try and compete on price price isn't something that we are um perhaps known for but what we try and do is give service and aftercare and so my view was that if i can try and get that across the sort of service and aftercare and the sort of experience you can expect that will put into context the price because i think sometimes if you just see the price you might think um you know people who are just 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 sort of shopping on or choosing on price and i understand price is very important uh, and that's you know you've got to take it into account then they they you know you probably be able to get the surgery that we do uh cheaper at other places so that's that's yeah that's why i haven't put it on the on the website but um yeah that's so we do have a price list <laughs> and also sometimes people have bespoke things and there might be you know not not set prices for things but having said that there are set prices for most you know breast augmentation tummy tuck and so that there are set prices but that's where we are on it i don't know where i'm supposed to share that sort of thing with, with, with you but anyway just have so with that that's where i am on it i am um, i believe that i want to um try and explain the service and that's why i i try and make it easy for you to request the price there should be buttons saying request the price and then we can send you an email with the price and but with a bit more about the service and what we're about and what we're trying to do and you know how trying to do something a bit different in terms of trying to focus on service that's why i stopped operating for a, um for a while last year because i'm really trying to focus on service and experience and the processes and protocols to deliver that service so that we can all let's say there's four of us now that we can all give more than just the surgery we want to give a good experience and we want to look after people and that is something that i am trying to do at the clinic and that's the reason i got the clinic six years ago now <laughs> um i'm trying to give a better experience to people so yeah that's yeah 
Get emotional now. That's the, that's the, that's, that's, yeah. So we do have a prices, but we, you can email us or PM me and we can send you prices. So last question. Last question. Tea's gone cold. Um, oh, here we go. Samantha, look at that. I bunged Samantha a fiver when I saw her last week. Look at that. I knew it would work. Knew it would work. That was money well spent. Look at that, people. That's the sort of that's real life talking there. Samantha can vouch for the aftercare. Second to none. Thanks, Samantha. Very kind of you to say. I uh, hope all's well. Um, right. Where am I? Quick. Where am I? Here. No. Yes. Right. Go. Last question. Get your questions in, people. Last question. I know you want to go home. You're at home, aren't you? Let's face it. Who's not at home? Big shout out if you're at work tonight. But uh, that's what we do on the radio, isn't it? Stuff like that. Anyway, we're all at home. I'm at home. Um, what is the recovery time for a lower facelift, i.e. time off work? So, um, again, as I said earlier, I'm mainly a breast and body guy. And don't do aesthetic facial rejuvenation i.e facelifts but still i can answer the question so there are different types of facelift and like uh, most well not most things but like a lot of things that people are going less less invasive and uh, and short scar and what have you so they're limiting the scar uh, of the facelift limiting scar means limiting how much skin you can you can remove and so limiting the result a full facelift we have a scar going in front of the ear um around the back of the ear and up into the hairline because it will pull the neck and the and the lower face as you say so a lower facelift uh, as opposed to sort of mid facelift which you take out through a blepharoplasty incision or upper which we do through brow so the sort of standard facelift is is, is uh, improving the, the lower part of the face um, so the problem with the facelift uh, as opposed to the sort of the breast surgery that I do is it's visible it's on you know it's in the front and you will feel bruised bathers swollen uh, and tender so i would say the first couple of weeks you probably <coughs> wouldn't want to be going out that much uh, but you probably in the second and third week you'd be getting into working from home and things like that um, after probably two or three weeks you'd be you'd be able to go outside and, and you'd have scars the scars are pretty well hidden but they will be fresh to start with so people might be able to see the scar scar uh, in front of your ear, they either go in front of or behind the tragus, that bit of your ear there, and then round the back. So there might be visible scarring, but there certainly will be swollen. Your skin might look a bit shiny. You might look a bit strange. You might, well, you probably will feel a bit strange um, for the first month or so. Uh, but if you're looking at work, I'd say minimum two, probably three weeks before you sort of going back to work, and then you'll feel a bit weird. Bending and stooping is bad. You don't want to increase the blood pressure to your, to your face. You're going to make things bleed and make it swell. The more you sort of bend and stoop and lift. So you want to avoid any sort of lifting and things. And uh, again, a couple of months for everything to settle, the scar to settle, the, sh the swelling to settle. Um, you know, two, three months for things to really properly start to settle. And just like with most surgery, it can take a year for the, you know, for the final result. Sensation can be weird. Uh, for everything to properly sort of soften the scars to settle the scars usually settle beautifully so they're actually hard to see this whole point you wouldn't really want to have visible scars so uh, they usually fade pretty well uh, but it can take a year for it to really properly settle but off work i would say three weeks would be sort of normal 
off work and when you go back you probably feel a bit weird but you be, be looking better the first few weeks you'll be looking a bit strange oh uh what's going on here uh samantha oh yep yeah, sorry don't oh, put it up again oh, thanks samantha uh silly me put that up again thank you and i look forward to your session i'm in germany but you're in germany ronita i thought you were in america you say you're in america a minute ago look at that you get around ronita the usa military in germany oh respect to you uh great for your sister i'm sorry ronita i feel bad i didn't answer your question very well but um but you know hope it was helpful uh olivia's not at home uh, everyone she's at an airbnb in birmingham so yeah that, that, thanks for pointing that out olivia and khan khan i can't thank you enough for your support and your questions so thank you khan uh very muchly and i am now going to check myself out of here and next week seven o'clock right here that was a good haul of questions i think you'll all agree not only preordained but uh, in the chat so thank you all for that uh, for those questions uh hold on a minute hold on a minute what's going on what's happened what's that what's going on kirsty getting in with a sneaky one ah uh, that's what we like to see would you compromise on a bmo of 32.2 lol um yeah uh kirsty thank you for that nice one getting under the wire what can I say, Kirsty? Thirty is—it's not compromise. Thirty is the sort of what, what they talk about. I'm talking—I'm I'm assuming it's a tummy tuck. I don't know why I'm assuming it's a tummy tuck, um, but let's just assume it was a tummy tuck. Um, thirty is sort of where the, the studies say if your BMI is above thirty, you higher risk of complications than it's than it's below thirty. The main thing—well, the two things with the BMI is the first thing is the absolute number, so thirty-two point two is a bit high um but the the main thing i would say is what is the trend are you happy with your weight because if you're not happy with your weight and you want to lose weight and i know you're going to say oh i can't get rid of it here and i want to get rid of it there first if you're not happy with your weight you're better doing it first you're better doing it first if you are happy with it particularly if you've lost a lot of weight and you've got it down to 32.2 and you're like you know what i'm happy with how i look when i lose weight i'd look all gaunt and i don't like it and i you know i want to i'm happy where i am that's a different story so that then i'd be thinking about well if you're happy with your weight then then maybe you could have surgery at 32.2 excepting you might have an increased risk of complications and you perhaps might not get quite a, such a good result if you were able to lose more weight first you get a better result you'll be able to take more skin and tighten the skin uh, more so i have done surgery on people with bmi above 30 and certainly 32.2 isn't sort of way off um but be true to yourself if you genuinely do want to lose some weight you're better off doing it first so it's not a compromise it's a what's the word collaboration working together to do the right thing for you so ideally you'll be able to get it down but if you've already lost a lot of weight and you know you're not able to lose any more then it would you know it would be possible what's going on it's okay next time Ronita from germany thank you olivia see you to moz Good luck, Olivia, says Khan. Kirsty, because I shocked, because I shocked you saying I'd lost 17 stone. I shocked you saying I'd lost 17 stone. Kirsty, if you've lost 17 stone, that's a different story. What? Is that right? You can't lose 17 stone. Is that right? Is that a typo? Can someone lose 17 stone? Kirsty. Kirsty. <laughs> 
I mean, if you've lost 17 stone, Kirsty, that's a different story. If you said that, then yeah, you can't ask someone to lose more. You need seven. Maybe you need seven. Or 1.7. 1.7 stone. Anyway, yeah, if you've lost a lot of weight, I was 34. What's going on? Thanks, Carl. It's about the boobs. Oh. Uh, I was 34 stone. My lord. Kirsty, they must make a TV program at you. 34 stone. Wow. You've lost 17. Well, in that case, yes, I would compromise with the BOF 32.2, Kirsty. I wouldn't. I would be ashamed to ask you to lose more weight if you've gone, if you've lost 17 stone. That's unbelievable. Um, I bet people don't recognize you. Wow. That's crazy. Gobsmacked. Yeah, I'd compromise with 32.2 there, Kirsty. Fantastic. Well done. Well done that on that. That's quite an achievement. So, um, yeah, well, so that, that's a good ending. Uh, I mean, yeah, Kirsty, well done. Mega well done. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, thank you all. Uh, and I will be seeing you um no well done kirsty i think we can we do a round of applause somehow can we do a round of applause no i don't know is that something i can do here group no probably not i could try and look for the emoji but anyway there's a there's a clapping one isn't there um so well done kirsty great one to end it on um much congratulations thank you all i've made a note of people who i've got to send stuff to and if you want to know a price then please fill in the <laughs> form click the button on the website and we'll send you a price and uh sleep well olivia and i'll see you tomorrow and i will see you all next week same time same place so i am now gonna find the off button on the new software which i think renita what is that what are they my lord i don't know what those emojis are renita have you got your own emojis over there in germany what is that are these emojis coming out funny? Is that the clapping? Is that clapping? What's going on? Are these different different clapping emojis? <laughs> What's going on with the clapping emojis? Is that a clapping emoji, Renita? Yours are different to the others. Anyway, that's or is that the round? We're all giving Kirsty a round of applause. Yes, that's what it is. Right. Yeah, which is what I just said. Good. Yes. Good. Clapping. Yeah, well done. Well done, Kirsty. I same. Can I copy and paste them? No. Well done, Kirsty. And I'm going to stop this now because I'm I'm wittering on. See you all next uh, Tuesday, seven o'clock. Take it easy and good night. Stop stream. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.